The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Ireland, uh, among the countries in the EU, have seen the biggest increase in young adults living with their parents. This according uh, to the uh, CSO. Suzanne Harrington, the journalist and author, is with me. Suzanne, I, I understand you-, you fall into one of these categories. You have adult kids in the house. Is that right? I do, yes. I have a 20, 20-year-old son and a 22-year-old daughter, and they're both at home. And why um, are they living large. at home? They're living at home for financial reasons, theirs rather than mine. Um, it's just too expensive and too much of a rip-off for them to rent a place with friends. And so we are still all under the same roof. So did, did they ever move out? Did they go off to study or travel or did they do that from home as well? One of them moved out for several months, but moved back in again. He was subletting and um, he is about to go traveling in autumn. And the other one, uh, the older one, hasn't moved anywhere yet, just because she's very comfortable. And it's kind of, we have quite a nice setup. But it's, I, I know that look, we're lucky that we have a nice setup because if we didn't, they would be under, there'd be huge pressure on them because it's just not possible to leave. I mean, I, I was living independently from 17 onwards. Mm. It's really hard to do that now because of the housing market. It's just mad. So, so when you talk about pressure and financial pressure, what pressures does it bring on the home, having everybody under the one roof still? Well, it's just, it's sort of, it, it, there's not so much financial pressure. It's more that, we're all in a holding pattern. They need to be independent. They need to learn that the loo roll doesn't just magically appear in the loo and the gas <laughs> doesn't magically get paid and the toothpaste doesn't just appear in the cupboard under the sink. And it's like it, it, the, the, the housing market is creating arrested development for a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's not about kind of having to sneak in later, you know, tiptoe around your parent or whatever. It's not that because we all just do our own thing and live as independent adults. However, the dynamic will always be, even if I was like 90 and they were 65, we're still parent and child. And that dynamic will never change no matter how adult everyone is. So they, it, it does hold people back, mm. young people back, where they can't go out and experience their own lives. As I said, we are lucky because we all rub along well, but it's far from ideal for young people to be stuck so there's, there's, at there's, home. There's an inclination to, to, to mother them to a degree, and that'll always be there effectively. Well, I, I must honestly say, no, there isn't. Because once menopause hits, that inclination just dies on its ass. You know? okay. it's, kind of, yeah. it's like, bye, kids. You know, the <laughs> mummy brain is detached. Once, once the estrogen stops, the mummy brain detaches. And mummy is not mummy anymore. She's just back to being the woman who wants to live her own life. And so that can be tricky. But then... The, you know, so then the, the, the trickiness is then getting the kids, the adult kids to understand that they are housemates and not offspring. That's where the tension can lie. Mm. It's not me running around asking them saying, do you want a sandwich? It's so not. It's completely the opposite of that. So how does that tension manifest itself? 
Well, it it has become better over time, but it can be quite frustrating to, you know, when when you're kind of in a hamster wheel of old dynamics. So it can be kind of, you know, can somebody please empty the bin or can somebody please, uh, you know, buy some toothpaste or whatever. It it can, it, there's still a bit, it can be a bit naggy. It can feel a bit like running a youth hostel. And that's not always ideal. I, I was listening to, uh, Brendan Kelly was speaking to Pat Kenny about this earlier and he, he made the point that a lot of the, a lot of the time in these discussions the focus is on you know the kids and the housing market understandably and we're going to talk to Larkin sir about that element of things in just a moment but Brennan was making the point that you know you, you you can't lose sight of the other people in this situation as well which is the parent and that it's an important part of the parent's life as well to 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 enjoy the empty nest oh yeah well uh, my 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 solution is to put I've put my house on the market I'm selling up and I'm taking off and that will radically change our living arrangements and with some, you know, there'll be enough, hopefully enough money to help them with a deposit for a flat and allow me to just be free, just take off, downsize, travel, whatever, and me and my laptop just take off. And so that that is a radical solution to a fairly kind of entrenched situation, yeah. which I've very looking forward to. Well, like, are, are really they, looking forward to it. <laughs> are, are the kids looking forward to it? They are because they, you know, they want they want to they want to change things up as well. You know, they don't want to be living with their mom until they're you know forty five. Nobody does really. So they're they're quite keen for the mm. next chapter. But in order for the next chapter to happen in this current situation, unless you're a millionaire, you do have to think quite sort of outside the box a bit or be a bit. Uh, a bit lateral in your thinking yeah. because otherwise you just kind of plod on you know walking around going oh god how long more are they going to be still here when I'm 82 kind of thing it, and um, obviously we don't want that nobody wants that no at, at least you're kind of embracing it though you must feel sorry for people who'd be in the exact same situation as you but mum or dad or mum and dad like they desperately wouldn't want to sell the house for whatever reason but it might be the only solution well yeah, I mean, I suppose people just have to be, you You have to be really flexible, don't you? And if if you don't want to sell your house, then you have to think of other solutions. I don't know what they are. I mean, I did spend about two years racking my brain before I realized this was the only way out. And then the interest rates going crazy kind of was the was the push that I needed. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is tricky. It is tricky. And maybe... I, I think as well, there's a thing in midlife where, I don't know about men, but for women, it can be a kind of a thing of, oh, all right, now what? And it, it is a really good opportunity to just tear, tear everything up and start again yeah. and kind of really embrace the fact that there's a gap between menopause and decrepitude. And you kind of have to leap at it, you know, and jump at it and, and not sit around waiting for it to happen. You kind of have to create it yourself, I think. Uh, Ed says on 087-1400-106, Kieran, with all these adults now living with their parents, I'm surprised there isn't a growing market for Japanese-style love hotels in Ireland. Ed, 
that's a business idea. That's what you've identified there. And I tell you, I'm in on it with you. Lorcan, sir, is with us as well. Senior Lecturer in Housing at the Technological University of Dublin. Lorcan, you're welcome to the show. Um, I, I mentioned we're, we're, we have the fastest growing rate or one of the fastest growing rates of, of, of this phenomenon in Europe. But we're still playing catch up in other countries, I understand. I mean, how do we compare? Yeah, well, the interesting thing, uh, Kieran, and actually got a really interesting interview there with with, with, with Suzanne. There, very um, uh, kind of fascinating, refreshingly honest take on it that we don't normally get when we're talking about housing policy and these issues. So we 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 you find a lot of the similar trends and this kind of trend across Europe as well. And one of the reasons for that is because across Europe, as in Ireland for the last kind of twenty odd years, we've seen the increase to what we call the financialization of housing. In other words, the building of housing for investment rather than for living in. So you see the same practices in Europe going on as, as here. So the example will be and you know you can hear it the way that both of you have been talking about the housing market and I try to try and talk about a housing system, you know, where it's ingrained in us to think of housing as a financial product. So you see last year in Ireland for the first time ever we built more apartments for rent than we did houses for sale. Mm. Now that trend is something that's happening across Europe uh, as well. So what what we're ha- as we build and build as we build fewer and fewer houses for sale, we're either forcing people into rent, but of course all the new apartments that we're building for rent are very expensive. So people then are forced into staying at home, like in our like in the case study that we're talking about here. Now in other countries across Europe, which is really interesting children staying at home as well as people like in direct provision and people under threat of eviction are classified as homeless. So if we did that, we're like, we've got over 12,000 people homeless at the moment. If we yeah. added in the people at home and the people in direct provision and the people who've got an eviction notice, you know, the numbers w- would rocket, which is why we don't count them, I suspect. So the trend isn't unusual, Karen. I suppose, across Europe. Um, when you look at the, the, the housing system then, I mean, the, the, the most dysfunctional aspect or element of it people would contend is is rent which is partly why there's such focus on on building apartments for rent i mean are are we in danger then of kind of creating another problem and trying to solve one Absolutely. And if you look at it, it might sound counterintuitive, but if you look at it like this, an awful lot of the, the demand for renting is driven because there's nowhere for people to buy. And you talk to people who rent, and there have been surveys done around this, and particularly by the Residential Tenancies Board, you'll find the majority of people renting would like to buy their own home. But the, the fewer and fewer homes we build for sale, the more we're forcing people, A, into staying at home, or B, into renting. And then that creates the narrative that there's a huge demand for rental property, so therefore we need to build more of them. But that's just compounding the problem, uh, as, far as, our, as far as I'm concerned. So I think the, the rental sector is actually too big at the moment. I know people, that sounds counterintuitive as rents are rising, but actually what we need to do is switch the emphasis much more onto building apartments and homes for sale and houses for sale rather than for rent and take people who don't want to be in the rental sector out of it. Because oh, that, that's interesting. Without getting party political, I mean, w- w- what you're saying would chime with what Leo Varadkar said. It raised the heckles of a few in Fianna Fáil the other day when he said it, but he was quite clear, like his priority when it comes to housing is housing for sale, private housing for sale. Yeah, I, I think with all due respect to, to Leo Varadkar, he, he says different things at different times because the last time I heard him speak about this was in January where he, he told me that he didn't care what got got built, whether it was apartments for sale or houses. That's a long time ago now, Larkin, January. <laughs> a lot changes in, in four or five months. Yeah, but, but I mean, they all claim to be party, the party of home ownership, but in fairness, like they've all overseen a decline in home ownership uh, since, you know, t- since, well, since the early 90s, but you know, particularly in the last 10 or 12 years, you know, they've overseen a sharp decline because they put all the eggs in this kind of rental basket. Uh, and of course, the, the, the elephant in the room is like, what happens when your kids are old and, and gone and you're renting at the age of 65 and you retire and suddenly you have a 
state pension or a small pension from work and you can't afford the rent and nobody wants to address that big elephant in the room so we're storing up trouble on a lot of fronts as far as I can see So this is, this is an, a kind of a, another argument uh, against these big bill to rent uh, models because sometimes the argument made is that you know the mixed tenure is, is better in terms of those intangible things like creating communities and kind of a sense of belonging uh, but you know there's, there's sound economic arguments is how it sounds to me the way you put it uh, to, to, uh, to not pursue that built rent model. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, large, dense um, apartment blocks full of kind of one, there's very small one and two bed apartments with people who are renting is not the way to create a community. You know, you need families and schools and doctor surgeries and shops and all that kind of stuff. Um, and a mix in family type and size and tenure and everything, not just kind of mono-tenure renting. Um, I, I think, yeah, the emphasis needs to shift massively onto building homes for people. Like last year, you know, it was like we built nine over 9,000 um, you know, apartments for rent and we built I think, about seven and a half or 8,000 whatever houses that came on the market for sale. So, like, you know, if that trend continues, and the plan is in Housing for All for that trend to continue in the government's policy to continue. So it's I, I don't know how... The teacher can have a plan on one hand that says, and, and I'm not being political about this, I'm just being factual, that you know, you have a plan on one hand that says the emphasis is going to be on uh, on rental properties and private rental, as it's called, um, and then on the other hand, say we're the party of home ownership. The two things are seen to be mutually exclusive to me, you know, they're opposite ends uh, of the same stick, you know. Norkin Sir, Senior Lecturer in Housing at Technological University of Dublin, and Suzanne Harrington, journalist and author. Thank you both very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.